This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. I'm Solar Power World Editor-in-Chief Kelly Pickerel, and today I'm talking with the team at Fairfield, Iowa's Ideal Energy. So welcome, Aurelian Windenberger, Amy Van Beek, and Troy Van Beek. Thank you. Thanks for having us on today. Good morning. All right. So first, tell me about how Ideal Energy got its start. Yeah. So this is Troy. I, uh, I actually was in the military um, and I was working overseas. I decided to come back uh, and get a degree. Uh, and in the Midwest, in Fairfield here, the university had the first four-year degree in sustainability. So I came back here to get my education. And before I had uh, departed the, the college, I had already started Ideal Energy. So I was, uh, I had a, a great education where I actually participated with the university, transforming a lot of um, <clears throat> the sustainability department. Uh, we, it, it really gave me a, um, a head start because I actually reduced the, the need for electricity in the department by 95% for lighting. <laughs> we erected a wind turbine for the school we installed a biodiesel processor and had a, a co-op for the biodiesel. Uh, we had installed a microenterprise center for the university um, where we transformed the old science lab into a, a uh, microenterprise center with, with tools and all that. So by the time I left, I was ready to really kick off the education and had already started Ideal Energy. Now, Troy, did you have like a special interest in sustainability or why did you kind of go that route? You know, it was, I think, my military background, uh, having spent a lot of time overseas all over the world, and I think it was my desire to continue my service, which I, you know, I felt obligated to within the military and passionate about, and this was really the best avenue for me. It just seemed like the best way to continue to serve. Mm-hmm. That's great. So what is Ideal Energy's specialty today? What kind of solar projects are you working on? Uh, we, this is Amy here, and we primarily um, deal with commercial and industrial installations. Um, 500 kilowatts to a megawatt is where we have done quite a bit of work on um, more specialty projects that require um, a little bit more than just putting solar panels on the roof, Look, you know, looking in depth at these manufacturers' Um, cycling of their energy usage throughout the day and looking to see if we can do peak demand reduction. Uh, so we've done this for universities and manufacturing businesses. And uh, particularly, we've been very interested in helping um, businesses in Iowa and rural parts of Iowa uh, where a solar installation or energy storage um, actually is giving them a really good competitive advantage, either through um, PR that's helping attract uh, vendors to those businesses or new employees, um, or simply just through a dramatic reduction in operating costs, where they're able to free up $100,000 a year or more in operating expenses. Okay. How is the Iowa solar market? Um, myself being in the in the med- Midwest, I know that adoption and, and policy it differs widely across the region. Hi, this is Aurelian speaking now. Uh, so Iowa is interesting because really over the last ten years we've seen 
it, it kind of go in fits and starts. Uh, we have a nice uh, state tax credit uh, for solar or, or for renewable projects in general. Uh, for smaller projects, uh, it's basically half of the federal credit, so it's 15%. Uh, they do cap it uh, at 5000 for residential projects and 20000 for commercial projects. And so, so that credit has a significant additional benefit for you know, projects up to about $125,000 on the commercial side. And then, you know, it, it still helps larger projects, although not at the same level. Um, so, so that's been in place for many years, and that's been a, a big positive in, in helping to uh, push solar adoption. Uh, more recently, we've seen, and we also, the two investor-owned utilities, um, also uh, are required to do net metering, so that's also a, a big benefit. Um, but recently, we've seen some pushes both uh, through, you know, the tariff structures that the utilities are putting, trying to put into place, and also through state legislative actions or or efforts, anyways, uh, to try to um, hold back the industry a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, for the most part, we've been able to, you know, with the help of uh, other policy-related entities here in the state and, and other solar companies in the state, we've been able to kind of keep those efforts at bay. Uh, but they're, they're always, uh, you know, uh, something to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be, you know, we are have a, a board seat on ISETA, which is the Iowa Solar Energy Trade Association, and we work with environmental law and policy here in Iowa and uh, policy works and we try to keep active on the legislation and it's been an important part of what we do uh, in the industry is making sure that we're being vigilant because it is it can be a strong market and it's constantly evolving it's really one of the only energy sources that is reducing in its in its cost and as long as we can keep the policy strong uh, the prices will continue to be reduced and you know just be a better opportunity for our customers. Of course, we're seeing the, you know, the reduction from the federal tax credit and our state tax credit is scheduled to go along with that. I wish we could do something about that, but um, there's, there's still lots of opportunity. Yeah, you, you mentioned your involvement with like the state renewable energy groups, but what else are you guys doing to kind of get involved with legislature issues and things like that? Are you guys going to the state capitol? Um, how are you getting involved with advocacy? Uh, there's there's a number of things that we do. Um, we we do spend a fair amount of time at the state uh, capitol during legislative sessions, um, and we've established a pretty good rapport with Governor Reynolds, who tends to be very supportive of the solar industry. Um, Senator Ernst. Yeah, and Senator Ernst as well. So um, we also do a lot of work in um, making time to have politicians come and visit our sites and actually hear from our customers the stories about how it's transformed their business. And we found that that is extremely effective in maybe changing the mindset or having a shift in perspective for, you know, what, what the solar industry potentially can do in Iowa, especially when you're dealing with like manufacturers and they have mandates from vendors um, that may include sustainability agendas. So if they're filling out scorecards and they have solar on the roof and that gives them more points with say John Deere, um, you know, that's, that's a strong positive for Iowa's manufacturing industry. 
So it's it's really kind of figuring out, you know, the pain points of our customers and, you know, getting them to communicate directly with our uh, politicians. It's telling the story because it's really about education for our customers. They need to know that this is an advantage and that it's it's a powerful advantage for them, both just for the freeing up of operating capital, but also because it's so transformative in the state. Iowa is actually leading the charge in renewables. So we power nearly 40% of our state through clean renewable energy. And we are, you know, the solar industry is rapidly growing and there's lots of opportunity for our customers to take advantage of that. Yeah, one, one other thing that we have done um, in the past year, we've started working in partnership a bit more with the Iowa Economic Development Authority uh, we partnered with them on the state's one of the state's first research grants into energy storage and uh, developed a series of white papers and case studies around two energy storage projects that we did in the state. And, you know, we're looking at ways um, in the coming year to collaborate with them on other grants. So, you know, when, when we were able to work directly with the state and help um, Put materials together that are informative. Uh, Iowa State University actually will be doing a peer review of, of the data coming off of those two projects as well. You know, and then we're building strong case studies that can support uh, policy. Mm-hmm. So um, you did mention energy storage. So what has been your experience with, with batteries? Is it is it picking up more in your commercial markets? Yes, it definitely is. As people become more educated at the advantage advantages of utilizing better energy storage. Uh, We see a great advantage with commercial businesses and demand mitigation. Uh, And if we're talking about, you know, the opportunities for microgrids, um, that's something that is definitely on the rise, uh, especially with military bases or other government installations. And then residents, although we have this net metering in Iowa, um, we don't have to demand shift so much or shift the loads as much with residents. But uh, if they're concerned with um, blackouts or brownouts, then the security for residential battery energy storage uh, has been popular in that regard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I saw that Ideal Energy, you guys recently completed Iowa's first Tesla power pack project alongside a 517 kilowatt solar array. So tell me about that project. How did it get started? Uh, So that project was for a customer here in Fairfield, Iowa, um, called Agriplastics or or Agri-Industrial Plastics. Uh, They're a big global plastic manufacturer, and uh, uh, they looked at the project uh, from two angles. Uh, The first one was, of course, uh, you know, saving money with the combination of solar and the battery. And uh, here in, in large parts of Iowa, uh, many of the utilities have high demand charges, and so that's where we're seeing the biggest use case for the batteries in general is to you know mitigate demand charges that can be twenty dollars, uh, you know even up to thirty dollars per kilowatt uh, during the peak summer months. Um, so with agroplastics, that's uh, you know we worked uh, using their uh, load profile to determine. The, you know, the ideal size of the battery to, to shave that, that peak load uh, in any given month. Uh, as you mentioned, the, that project has about a 517 kilowatt solar array on a portion of agroplastics roof. And then the battery itself is a 210 kilowatt, uh, 430 kilowatt hour uh, Tesla power pack. 
And, and oh, I, I, I should note the other part, you know, besides the financial aspect, um, Lori Schaefer Wheaton, the uh, CEO of the company, was really excited about uh, the you know, potential for the solar plus the battery to really show uh, agroplastics uh, leadership in that area and, and to use it, you know, both for, uh, you know, helping get their vendors, uh, you know, more interest from their vendors, but also in terms of attracting and retaining, uh, you know, employees that, that, that can be a challenge sometimes uh, in small towns like Fairfield. Okay. So after working on this large-scale storage project, what's your opinion on lithium-ion batteries? Are they the best option right now for commercial projects? Uh, well, they certainly bring the best combination, uh, you know, currently as of today, of costs. Uh, you know, the footprints of lithium-ion batteries are, uh, are pretty uh, minimal compared to, say, uh, technologies like vanadium flow or something like that. Uh, so from a price and, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, they have a lot of flexibility as well in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the power is instantaneous when you need to, to add power to charge or discharge. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, benefits that we're seeing with them. Uh, we're always interested in looking for new battery technologies that, uh, you know, could be more power dense, uh, less expensive, uh, but at this point, lithium-ion definitely seems like the uh, the leader. Was it difficult to get involved with Tesla? I know that, um, you know, using Tesla batteries are maybe a little bit more common on the coast. So being in Iowa in the middle of the country, was, was were there any difficulties with that? Um, I would say no. Uh, you know, the, the process to, uh, you know, bring the customer on board and... Uh, you know, first, uh, it took a while to just collect the data from the customer, the 15-minute the load data, uh, you know, to determine what size system we needed. But so over, you know, that six-month, year-long period that we were working on uh, collecting the data and then, um, you know, figuring out the size, uh, putting together the return profile, you know, we were also working, um, getting that relationship with Tesla uh, building it out, and um, and then you know one of the things was when we ordered the the battery, uh, which was last year. That was when Tesla was right in the middle of their supply crunch, where all of their batteries were basically going to ramping up Model Three. Mm -hmm. So we actually uh, had about a nine. Well, at the time we had a year long lead time for the battery. Um, the, Tesla was able to end up delivering it a little bit early which is nice, but that was something that, uh, you know, made the project take longer uh, than uh, what might have been expected at the very beginning of the process. Mm -hmm. Of course. Okay. Well, with a decade of business under your belt, what would you guys say is, has been the biggest obstacle in getting more solar installed in your area? Is it something like utility pushback, customer education, permitting? What are you guys seeing? I would say that... Um, <laughs> With government regulation, um, with tariffs and things that have come on, that would probably be one of the biggest obstacles. Although education is always the biggest issue. We just need to get the word out that uh, solar is an incredible advantage. So we, you know, we work very hard. Um, Ideal Energy is proud that, you know, we, we have 
found ways to make it work on, on most businesses. And we have an incredible team that is capable of designing um, in, in these unique situations. Um, but on another note, I think that in Iowa, we have about 183, I think, different utilities. So I think that's always going to be an obstacle because we do have to work with the utility. We understand that. There's a lot of rules and regulations that go into integrating with the utility. And it's important that we follow those rules, but with every different utility, um, we have to kind of reinvent uh, the process and make sure that um, our team is as well-educated on how they perform. And so um, I would say that's one of the, the bigger issues that we, we, we work with. Well, certainly, or, you know, or depending on the different utility structures as well, how they structure their, their tariffs, that can have a big impact as to whether or not solar uh, pencils out properly for the customer or not. And here in Iowa, you know, I mentioned earlier that the two, uh, the two investor-owned utilities are required to do net metering, but uh, all of the rural electric cooperatives or municipal utilities, they do not have that same requirement. And so most of them do not offer net metering, uh, which, uh, you know, makes it a little bit more challenging for the economics uh, to pencil out currently. How do you guys keep up on all of the different utility requirements? Well, one thing, you know, from a marketing perspective is we identify areas that, you know, have utilities that we know that we can work with. Obviously, there's the two investor-owned utilities and, you know, there's different customer profiles, you know, for some in Mid-Am territory, there's certain types of customers that we target, and in Alliant territory, there's, you know, others. And then um, it, that doesn't mean that we're turning down work if it's coming through a municipal utility or a rural electric co-op. Um, and if we find one that's particularly favorable for solar, we may, you know, make a move into that region as well. Um, and as we go along, we've built up a database of utilities, and we try to be upfront with a customer right away if we're identifying that you know, you're just not going to see that great of a payback. So, you know, some of them decide to go anyway because they just really want to be a part of the movement, have clean energy, you know, be taking actionable steps towards sustainability. Um, and in many cases, you know, there might be a way to make something work with energy storage. Um, but, yeah, I guess the bottom line is we try to focus on areas where we know it's going to work and and be acceptable for most customers. Mm -hmm. How does Ideal Energy stand out from other Iowa solar installers? Well, I think for starters, I, I believe we actually ranked 19th on your <laughs> uh, top solar contractors list for solar and storage. Uh, I think we're one of the main companies that's really been pioneering energy storage. And I know, um, we, you know we've done a lot of work for larger electric users and I think our technical capabilities and the ability to understand how to work with larger electric users, do peak shaving, um, and handle more sophisticated energy issues, uh, it's kind of our, a calling card for our company. Yeah, we, we really enjoy, um, you know, diving into 15-minute data, for example, with, you know, our customers' load profiles. And... Uh, you know, using them to determine how to size the solar systems. Um, it feels like, you know, a lot of uh, smaller installers, uh, they are simply, you know, set up to go find uh, situations where you have net metering, where it's just a matter of sizing the solar uh, to fit 
the entire usage, you know, the, the customer's usage for the year. Uh, when you're dealing with situations where you may not have uh, net metering or you have high demand charges and low energy charges, then it becomes really important to understand not only what the total usage is, but, but when that usage is occurring, what's the customer's demand. And so that's where our team, you know, we have that uh, experience doing so and uh, and the capability and and uh, I think that's where we really stand out from the rest of the companies uh, certainly here in Iowa. We've always chosen very high quality with our team members, our equipment that we choose, um, how we market ourselves and communicate and of course our installations. We, we just have to maintain that high quality. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to accomplish in the next few years? Well I would say that uh, Although our, our heart is in Iowa here, and we really love developing the Iowa market, we're also growing uh, beyond the Midwest. So we're working throughout the United States and beyond. So we're looking at projects overseas as well. So we uh, will continue to grow. Projects always get bigger. We see incredible projects that are happening all over the world, and uh, we're not only looking to participate in solar, but solar and wind on larger scales. And we've just really uh, worked on our partnerships, and we've got some amazing partnerships uh, that we've formed up, um, you know, that we want to continue to grow. Well, great. I do know, you know, Iowa, you guys have such the the, the big wind industry, too. That's probably a, a good direction to kind of move into to be able to, to couple the two technologies. Absolutely. Yeah, I think with, with storage as well, getting uh, larger, you know, one of the things here with the amount of wind we have in Iowa is at certain times that you know, we're overproducing uh, energy. And so as storage uh, becomes less and less expensive, uh, I would expect us to be putting in quite a bit of storage here in the state to, to capture that excess wind production. And we're not only looking at the typical storage uh, that you might hear about, but we really want to connect ourselves as an innovative company. So we're looking at other ways that we can grow the storage industry mm-hmm. in other forms of, of fuel source. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you guys for a talk with me and let me get to know Ideal Energy's story. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World Podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com See you back here next month.